from Scripture about a very um, unheard of dad, a guy in the Bible you probably haven't heard of. And so it's going to be fun looking at 2 Samuel um, chapter 19. Um, I came across this scripture just while doing my um, um, reading uh, through the Bible in a year. Uh, for those of you that, that don't know, there, there are reading plans out there. Where you read a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the New Testament, a little bit of Psalms and Proverbs every day, and you make it through the entire Bible in a year. And um, so I, I, I subscribe to that. I go through that. And if you would like to know more about that, you can go online. You can Google it. Uh, there are free um, curriculums for that. And actually, I usually do the audio version. There's a guy that... Um, I don't know. He's just—he's got an amazing voice, and so I just listen. I listen. I don't really like to read much, so I like to listen to the Bible through the year. And um, as I came across this passage, it just jumped out to me as so odd. I've never heard of this guy before, and it's just one of those things that God began speaking to me. And so, um, in honor of Father's Day, I would like to, to to preach from this this passage. And I believe that God has a word for every one of us—for fathers, yes, but also for sons and for daughters and for wives and, and for aunts and uncles and for for all sorts of. Uh, for every person here, I believe that God has a specific message for you. Um, if you will press in, if you will, if you will listen, if you will apply the word to your life. Here at City Chapel, we value the word of God. And uh, we love worship, and we love connecting with God in worship, and um, tears streaming down faces. But we value the word of God. It is the word of God that is alive and active. It is the word of God that changes us. It is the word of God that shapes us, that confronts our weird ideologies and our 21st century American thinking. It challenges our past. It, 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 it comforts us and it encourages us. It stirs us up. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. So it's, 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 it's not safe, but it's good. It's not, it's, not for, it's not for just anybody to handle, but man, when you open up the Word of God, it can defeat enemies in your life. It can conquer giants in your mind. It can tear down strongholds in your life. And so I want to encourage you just to listen to the Word of God, dig into the Word of God with me, and let's see what God has to share with you today. Does that sound good? Awesome, awesome. Okay, well, 2 Samuel chapter 19, and we're going to look at um, this passage. I'm going to read this passage, and then I'm going to explain the context of it. So there's a lot that you're not going to understand um, directly off the bat. Uh, the quick context, context is that David, anybody ever heard of David? David and Goliath David, like the David who was 15 years old, killed the giant with a sling and a stone David. David, man of power, man of faith, David called to be uh, the, the leader of God's people, the, the, the king, the monarch. And David was an amazing king. David had some issues, though, and we're going to talk about some of his issues today. One of his issues is that he got kicked out of his own kingdom for a few days um, by his son. And this passage is actually his return. So he's coming back. David's coming back to his kingdom. Uh, he's defeated his son. He's defeated the armies that were fighting against him. And he's now coming back to reclaim his kingdom. And there are three men who meet him on the way. There are three guys that come to David. And I'm going to look at each of those three men here in a minute. But the third guy is this guy right here. And this is the guy that we're going to land on and, and finish with. Um, and I think Barza... Barzillai has a lot that he can teach us, if you can pronounce that. Uh, Barzillai, verse 31 says, And Barzillai the Gileadite came down from Rajalim and went across the Jordan with the king to escort him across the Jordan River. Now Barzillai was a very aged man, 80 years old, and he had provided the king with supplies when he was on the run 
just a few days earlier, he had provided the king with supplies while he stayed at Mahanaim, for he was a very rich man. And the king said to Barzillai, come across with me, and now I will provide for you while you're with me in Jerusalem. <laughs> but Barzillai said to the king, how long have I to live that I should go up with the king to Jerusalem? I am today 80 years old. It's my birthday, man. 80 years old. Can I discern between the good and the bad? In other words, my eyes aren't working that well. <laughs> Can your servant taste what I eat or what I drink? Can I hear any longer the voice of singing men and singing women? Man, it is fun to get old, isn't it? <laughs> Dude's 80, he's falling apart. Why then should your servant be a further burden to my lord, the king? Your servant will go a little way across the Jordan with the king. And why should the king repay me with such a reward? Please, let your servant turn back again that I, might, that I may die in my own city, near the grave of my father and mother. One, one scholar uh, put it like this. He said, he said, the grave is ready for me. I need to go home, get ready for it. <laughs> I think that's good. He says, but here is your servant, Kimham. Kimham is Barzillai's son. Here's your servant, Kimham. Let him cross over with my lord, the king, and do for him what seems good to you. David responds to him and says, Kimham will cross over with me, and I will do for him what seems good to you. Now, whatever you request of me, I will do for you. Then all the people went over the Jordan, and when the king had crossed over, the king kissed Barzillai and blessed him, and he returned to his own place. I love that story. It's, it's, Barzillai is the third character who meets David along the road back to Jerusalem. And he is probably the most positive one. The other two were uh, really coming to apologize. And uh, I think really you look at these three characters and there are three different types of people in your life. We've been talking about people are worth it. These three characters describe and define three different types of people in in your life, especially um, when you're going through a hard time, when you've had a bad day. Has anybody had a bad day before, or like a bad week maybe? <laughs> bad month? Bad couple of years, it's been a little rough, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, well David, man, David had a bad day. David had a bad couple of years. David. Uh, was a great fighter, he was a great warrior, he was a great man of God, a great man of faith. Obviously, he took out Goliath. He actually, after he took out Goliath, he be, and, and, and then he became king over Israel, he hunted down Goliath's brothers, right? That's how bad David is. He's like, he's like I'll, I'll take you out and your family, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's, he's, he's a mean, he's a mighty warrior, he's a great battle, a and then something happened. He was ruling his kingdom very well, doing a great job, and then he had kids. So this is my Father's Day message right here. <laughs> You're doing great till you got some kids. He had some kids, and you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, just because you're a great warrior doesn't mean you're a great dad. Just because you're able to do, just because you have great faith in one area doesn't mean you have great faith in, in another area. So David struggled a little bit in this whole fatherhood thing. And uh, one of his sons, I think he was the second oldest, 
probably those second kids are trouble. One of his sons, his name was Absalom, uh, he had a whole lot of hair and a whole lot of personality and just about zero character to go with it. He was, he was, he was all flash. He, was a, he would say anything to get a vote. I mean, no, I'm not talking about 2016. I'm talking about, uh, you know, 10 B, 10, you know, 1000 BC. This dude, he, he, was, he, he was selfish. He wanted promotion. And David had issues with him, and Absalom had issues with David. At one point, uh, Absalom was expelled from the kingdom. He was forced to, then he came back, then he was in house arrest, and blah, blah, blah. And, and he, he was trying to get back into the good graces with his dad, the king. And, and, and he found out, he realized that he really couldn't do that. So what he did instead was he camped out at the gate of the city. And as people would come um, with their complaints, he would listen to their complaints. Always got to be cautious of people who are quick to listen to complainers. I don't really have a lot of people complain to me. And I think that's because the few who have, I've just told them to suck it up and like, you know, get on with it and deal with it or don't. I mean, this is your option, you know, like, like so if, if that's your response, people, end, people learn to not complain to you so much. But man, but if you're looking for votes, you're going to listen to complaints. And what Absalom would say, he would listen to the complaint. And he would say, man, you have been so wronged. I understand. I'm on your side, actually. You are just, I mean, it's terrible. And if I were king, I would deal with it. But my dad, he's kind of, you know, he doesn't really care so much about you. This is the heart of rebellion, by the way, to look at those that people of God put, that God has put over you and say, you know, I could do a better job than them. That's the heart of rebellion. It's also the heart of ignorance um, because really you don't know what it took for that person to get to that place. And so you might not have, you might not have what it takes to even get there, let alone sustain there. Uh, Madden, we were in the car the other day. Madden said, Dad, you know what? I said, what? She's seven. She said, when I have kids, that's always a great way to start for a seven-year-old. She said, when I have kids, my kids aren't going to have to do school ever. They're not going to have to go to school at all. <laughs> I said, you're going to have some dumb kids. <laughs> and, and I said, well, why? Why? And she said, well, because school isn't fun, so I'm not going to make them do, <laughs> do anything. This is seven-year-old logic, right? When I, and, 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 and for some reason, teenagers also get this logic. And, and so this is a Father's Day message. I'm helping you dads out, okay? Like, if you, <laughs> if you haven't gone through, if you don't have the courage to birth something, you probably don't have the wisdom to raise it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you haven't been through what I've been through, don't tell me how to. So anyway, so I, that's the that's the wonderful moment when every parent gets to look at their kid and say, because I said so, you know, then you're just going to do school. And, and Anyway, it's easy from the outside to look at the way somebody's doing something and say, man, I would be so much better at that. I could do so much better than that. And that's what Absalom did. And Absalom ended up winning a lot of votes. He ended up convincing a lot of people that he would be a better king than his dad. And for the first time in Jewish history, in Israel history, there was a revolt uh, a direct revolt by the son of a king. So Absalom, he's in this other city. He declares himself to be king. They, they make a little crown, put it on his head. They pledge allegiance to Absalom. And word comes to David. He's in Jerusalem at the capital in his palace. Word comes to David that Absalom and the whole Israel army, 
just about, is marching toward Jerusalem, and they're going to take him out. Now, you have to understand, David is a man of war. David is a mighty warrior. David kept his, his, his personal guard with him. He had, he had a whole group of mighty men of war. They had done so many exploits. They had defeated so many giants and so many Philistines and so many enemies. And yet, for the first time in David's life, David tucks his tail and runs. They vacate the palace. They, they, they leave Jerusalem. And this, by the way, ought to, ought to help some of the ladies in the church just to explain a little bit about the heart of a man and the heart of a dad. See, like, we can, we, can, we can go out there and we can fight to the death out there. But there's something about when there's struggle in the home. Like, we can fight as long as we got something to fight for. <laughs> but when we lose our heart, when we lose our why, we vacate, we withdraw, we disengage. And that's what David did. David said, I, I, I'm not going to stand up to my son. I'm not going to fight my son. It's my, it's my son, and I'm not going to. And so he disengages, and he, he leaves the palace. And the first character, actually, who meets David when he's on his way back is a man by the name of Shimei. And Shimei is one of the first people to meet David as he's leaving Jerusalem as well. Shimei is a Benjamite, a son of Saul, the previous king. And Shimei sees David escaping with his family and his little band of guards. And Shimei, he's never really liked David all that much. And so Shimei stays a bit of a distance off. He's like on, on this ledge, like they're walking through this forest, and he's on a ledge, and the Bible says that he's throwing rocks at them and dirt and it says that it's raining dirt on them and he's cussing David out he's cursing is what the scripture said he's cursing David and he's saying God is now repaying you for all of the bad stuff that you've done all the mistakes that you made this is God's judgment on you everything every time you 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 messed up man God is getting you back and he's chucking rocks at them and he's throwing dirt on them and and uh, the captain of, of David's little band of, of army there, he goes over and he says, can I put this fool out of his misery? He says to David, you know, I pity the fool. He, he says to David, can, can I just, can I, he literally says, can I cut the head off of that dog? Can I just go up there? And he's annoying and, and, he's, and he's really offensive. And, you know, he's, he's posting all this stuff on social media about you. And, you know, I mean, like, and he's throwing all these rocks and all this dirt. And we got to listen to all this. Like, I'm tired of listening to this. Can I just go take him out? David's response is so interesting. It shows you where David's heart is. David says, what does it matter? David says he's just saying what God believes anyway. The Bible says at that point that David was weary. You know what weariness is? Weariness is not tiredness. Weariness is not, oh, I'm so busy, that's why I'm weary. Oh, I, I'm working so much, I'm doing school and a job, that's why. No, no, weariness is not tiredness. Um, several of us this very week, we were out three days, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night. We were doing kids club in two different locations. Um, it was awesome. We, we, we reached 
uh, let's see, right around 140 uh, unique kids. We had about 80 kids every night, but right around 140 individual kids in the past three days, um, 6 o'clock to 8.30. Um, a lot of you were out there, actually about 60 of you all. So right about half of this room is wore out, right? Like we were out in the sun, we were sweating, Ward was there. I mean, like I, I look out in this crowd and, and so many of you are trying to open, keep your eyes open, you know, and, and uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm personally wore out. I'm tired. I can't wait to like take a nap today. That's my Father's Day gift is to take a nap. That's all I want. Just let me sleep for a little bit. I, and, you know, so there's such a thing as being tired, but that's actually a good tired. Because we were serving kids, we were serving people. We saw over 40 kids make decisions to follow Jesus who otherwise would not have had that opportunity this week. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't slept much, but let me tell you, I can sleep, right? I mean, I can just, I, all I have to do is close my eyes and Emilio just starts talking and it's just, it happens, you know what I'm saying? Just kidding. And so, you know, I'm... <laughs> It's, it's just, it's, it's like, it's like I'm, I'm so tired. I, I can see so many of us are tired. We're sunburned. We're worn out. But, but I'm so encouraged. I'm so encouraged that in a church of like 150 people that we actually had 60 people that cared enough about other people to come sweat and give their time and their energy and their money in order to reach this community. That fires me up. I'm glad it's not the 80-20 rule here at City Chapel. It's more like 60-40. It's pretty awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like we're getting there. I'm so encouraged by that. I'm so encouraged that we're loving on people and that it's working. We're sharing the gospel and it's working. Tired, but I'm encouraged. Weariness is not tiredness. David wasn't tired. He was weary. And this is, this is, this is the way that you know that you're weary, is if, is if those accusations that are coming against you, if you actually kind of agree with them. Shimei is saying, man, God's paying you back for all the, the wrong stuff you've done. And the reason why that accusation was so painful is because David sort of already believed it. Shimei was just putting words to the doubts that was in David's heart. And David is walking his head down. He's leaving everything that he's ever known. He doesn't know where he's going. Weariness comes when you don't know where the next step is. Weariness comes when you don't even remember why you started on this journey to begin with. Weariness comes when you don't know what the, what the next day is going to hold and what's going to happen. And, 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 you, and you, you can't even see past the next step. You're just walking and, and you got dirt in your hair from people chucking it on you. And you got bruises from a couple rocks that got past the guards, you know. And, 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 and all the while he's walking, he's just getting pelted. And he's listening to Shimei and listening to Shimei and listening to Shimei. And, and this, this is just a dark day for David. I don't know if you've ever been there when you got shimmy in your ear and you got dirt in your hair and you got bruises on your back and you kind of agree with the accusations anyway. It's, it's one thing for your, your son to abandon you. It's one thing for Absalom to it, but, but for God to abandon you. Oh, now, now you don't have a why. You lost your why now. You don't even know why you're doing what you're doing. It, what, 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 what does it matter? That's what David says. What does it matter? What's the why? What's the value? What's the worth? What's the point? And he's leaving Jerusalem. He's, he's weary. He's worn out. 
On top of that, he looks around. The second guy who met him on his way back was a man by the name of Mephibosheth. Try saying that five, five times real fast. Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth, if you've been in church, you probably would have heard the story about how David showed mercy to Mephibosheth and he didn't kill him like he should have because he, he was a direct descendant of the other king. And anyway, he, he showed mercy and he allowed Mephibosheth to live with him in the palace. Now remember, he vacates the palace and he looks around and there's somebody who stuck around in the palace. His name was Mephibosheth. It's amazing how when you're in your darkest days, there are those people who are ready to throw stones. And that's no fun. But then there are those people, they're not ready to throw stones. They're just not ready to make the trip with you. They just get real quiet. <laughs> they just distance themselves. David had shown a lot of mercy to Mephibosheth. David had done a lot of good things for Mephibosheth. But when David was in his time of need, he looks around and old Mephibosheth isn't anywhere to be seen. And so when David's on his way back, he meets Shimei, and Shimei falls on his face. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, please don't kill me. It's kind of how that uh, happens, and he has mercy and doesn't kill him. But the next one is Mephibosheth, and David says, where were you? Where were you when I needed you? I was there for you. Where were you? You weren't there for me. You weren't throwing stones, you weren't throwing rocks, but you weren't taking the rocks with me. You weren't taking the hits with me. You distanced yourself. You stayed behind at the palace. It's all, it's, yeah. I hope, I, I hope that we can be a church that's not like either of those people. I'm tired of the church being known for the rocks that we throw and the dirt that we, and the condemnation we put on people. I'm tired of the church being known for the one who's quiet and silent about, about, about issues. And we're, 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 you know, well, you're probably getting what you deserve. God's probably judging you. I'm tired of that. Check this out. This, this third guy, Barzillai. Barzillai is who I'd like to be like. It's who I'd like for City Chapel to be like. Barzillai means iron. His name means made of iron. Made, constructed of iron. Not the band made of iron. <laughs> constructed. <laughs> he was in the 80s rock band, okay? He's constructed of iron. He's got iron in his soul. I mean, you need some people that got some iron in their soul. That when the wind is with you, they're for you. But when the wind is against you, they're still for you. That when, when popular opinion, yeah, when popular opinion shifts a little bit, you need some people that are with you even after you've made a mistake. There's, there's, a, there's a story about um, Richard Nixon's hatchet man. I can't remember his name. He, was, he, he did some time in jail um, for his uh, water, was it Watergate? Watergate conspiracy, uh, the whole spying thing. And um, uh, he did some time in, in prison for it. And uh, uh, he got like, a couple of years. He came out of prison. And uh, Henry Kissinger had, had made some comments about Richard Nixon. Really, the whole country was pretty ticked off at Nixon and his whole team. Uh, there was very little grace for them, very little. And so this guy is speaking. He's speaking in, the, uh, he's speaking in a forum um, to a bunch of college students, and they're just grilling him. They're just hitting him with question after question and accusation, really. And, and, and finally, somebody stands up and says, do you agree with Henry Kissinger's comments about Richard Nixon? And the guy says, uh, he says, well, 
He says, I understand. You know, he could tell the tension in the room. He could tell all the students just wanted him just to dump on Nixon. And he said, I understand it's not a popular view. I understand that I probably can't convince you of some of the good qualities of Nixon. And certainly his bad qualities have been aired pretty well, more than any other president in the history of the United States. His stuff has been, his dirty laundry has been put out there. And so you, I, I'm not going to change your mind on Nixon. But I will tell you, I don't agree with Kissinger because Nixon is my friend, and I don't turn my back on my friends. And it was quiet, awkward silence, and then all of a sudden, just the crowd erupted in applause because even they could understand from somebody they didn't like that loyalty means something. That it's good to have, even if you make a mistake, even if you do some wrong things, when you have somebody who still believes in you, who still, see, this is, this, is, this is what Barzillai did. David comes to him. He's soaking wet from having crossed the Jordan. He's got nothing but the shirt on his back. He doesn't even believe in himself anymore. And he it confronts Barzillai. He comes to Barzillai, and Scripture says that Barzillai um, brought food, brought supplies, and brought strength back to David and to his men. He, he, he brought that iron back to David. He brought the fight back to David. It was after David met Barzillai that David decided to stand up for the kingdom that was rightfully his. It was after David met Barzillai that David began to believe in himself again. You need somebody who even when you don't see it anymore, when you, when you forgot your why, they stand with you and they say, no, no, you're still the king. You're still anointed. You're still the man for the job. I believe in you. I know lots of people are saying lots of stuff and you haven't been perfect and you haven't made all the right moves and you didn't raise your son very well. But God puts you as his dad and that's, that's, that's your space. All the dads out there, man, regret is difficult to deal with. But regret is a luxury afforded to those who actually tried something and actually, actually got an opportunity. And I know I'm not, I, I, I know as a dad, I know I don't make all the right moves and I don't make all the right decisions and I know I miss things sometimes. And I know I try things and they don't work and I know sometimes I'm not patient and I know sometimes I'm not the dad that I want to be. But what I know is that God called me to be the dad of my kids. That God looked over the whole world and he said the very best dad for Matt and Micah is Harry James Fleming Jr. <laughs> and Roe agrees. And God handpicked my kids for me. And, and if you're a dad here today and Father's Day is a little difficult because you don't feel like you're the greatest and you've kind of made some mistakes, let me tell you something. You, you, you're going to have regrets. I'm going to have regrets. My dad, I'll bet, has regrets. But, but there, is, there, there, is, there is a calling on your life. And as long as that calling is on your life, God is not forsaken you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He is, he is there to help you pick back up where you left off. You haven't lost anything that you can't regain. You haven't lost anything that is, was important. Whatever has been lost can be restored, can be renewed, can be... I want to be the kind of guy that speaks life into you, that feeds you, gets some food in you, and gets some strength back in you. Come on, David. You got to remember your why. You got to remember what started this whole deal. It wasn't your son Absalom that decided that you would be king. It wasn't your family. It wasn't, your family never believed in you, David. God believed in you from the very beginning, and God still believes in you. It's your kingdom. It's your domain. It's your space. It's your family. Take it back.
man, he meets Barzillai. He gets a little iron inside of him. He gets a little, you know, steel inside of him. He gets, and he decides he gets his fight back. He stops disengaging. I want to be the kind of church that gives people their fight back, encourages people. That's why, that's why, like, on, that's, that's why we raffle away grills. That's why we give away junk. That's why we have... That's why we do Kona Ice on Sundays. That's why we do weird, like, that's why we do crazy stuff. Because look, 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 look. There's enough voices in your life that steal your value. There's enough voices in your life that tell you you're not worth a whole heck of a lot. You got, you got enough, you got, goodness, you got, I mean, you got all sorts of voices that steal your value. I want to be a Barzillai in your life that says, why don't you eat a little something? Why don't you snack on a little something? You're worth it. You're worth every penny, every, you're worth it. Just eat, just, just relax. You don't have to prove yourself to us. You don't have to tell us you're whatever. It's cool. Just, look, you just by yourself, you're worth it. Just, just, just eat, just get replenished. The journey has sucked the why out of your life the journey has you've you've been listening to shimmy for a long time and you need to get some of the dirt out of your hair take a bath eat a little something you know what i'm saying like 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 this is a safe place for you this is a safe place you don't have to we're not we're not judging you we're not we're not condemning you we're and we're not going to distance ourselves from you whenever you live differently than we think you ought to we're, we're, we're with you. We're with you for you. We believe in you for you. You are worth it. You are enough. You, you, you have everything. Look, God knew who you were when he called you. God knew all of your shortcomings. God knew all of your, 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 your limitations. God knew all of your weird thinking and your crazy habits and your hang-ups and your attitude problems. Come on, somebody. God knew all about that. Like, he knew. He knew, he, he knew about your morning breath before he signed up for this thing. He knew about your snoring and, your, and all your little habits and your laziness and you leave stuff around, you lose stuff. I mean, God knew all about that. And he called you anyway. He's the, Barzillai's on the other side of the Jordan. He's on the other side of your mistakes. He's on the other side of your failure. That's where we meet people. We meet people right there. And we give them the strength to get back up and go back over the Jordan. Barzillai comes to meet David, but he's not, he's not apologizing. He says, I just came to escort you back over because I decided when you came over the first time, I was going to walk with you until you got back to where you were supposed to be. <laughs> and that's what we do. We walk with people until they get back to where they're supposed to be. And Barzillai's not in it for himself. Obviously, he says, look, I'm I can't taste nothing. I can't see nothing. I can't hear nothing. <laughs> Poor guy. I, 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 I heard that in the one-year Bible. I said, man, he's only 80. Maybe it's because I'm getting older, but only 80. I mean, 80, you know, that's, it's not like your life is over at 80. It's not, apparently, <laughs> for Barzillai it was. But Barzillai did something. He said, why don't you take my son? 
Why don't you let him go with you? Why don't you? And um, in, in, in David's dying request, actually, to his son Solomon, he said, make sure you look after Kimham and treat him as if he was Barzillai. I think that's so interesting because I am the product. I uh, am second, what, what we would call in the church, second generation Christian. Like my parents were the first generation uh, that decided to follow Jesus. And so they had quite an uphill battle. Like I hear about my parents' home life when they grew up. And I thank God I didn't have that. Now, my home life wasn't perfect. My parents watching right now, mom, dad, love you, um, wasn't perfect. But it was a long way from where they came. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I don't even know what, what it's like to be in their shoes where they grew up. And they had an uphill battle just to learn to, to communicate, you know, like without yelling, you know. <laughs> and so, I mean, like just real stuff. And so uh, they didn't always get it right. They didn't always, but, but they, they started this uphill battle. And, and, then, and, then, and then me and my brother and my sister, we grew up, and now I have kids. And my kids certainly will never know what it's like to grow up in the home that my parents grew up in, but they don't even know what it's like to grow up in the home that I grew up in. See, like, Barzillai shows us that a lot of what we're doing right now is not even for us. It's not even for our benefit. Our kids are going to climb up on our shoulders, and they're going to start from where we finish. <laughs> Barzillai is a wealthy man, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to live in the palace, the favor of the king, whoa, that's different. And Barzillai says, you know, I, I, I could enjoy it for a little while, but I'd rather, I'd rather my son stand on my shoulders and start where I finish. I'd rather the next generation go further than me. I'd rather the next generation go beyond me. I, it's, I've been talking a lot about City Chapel. That's just because I'm tired and fired up by City Chapel. But uh, at City Chapel, man, we're, we're not trying to recreate the older generation's past. Scripture says that, that when the Holy Spirit falls on people, that old people start dreaming. You know what dreams are? Dreams are stuff that still haven't happened yet. So we're not trying. Sometimes older people are like, oh, I wish it was like this in the good old days. But here at City Chapel, you're not going to meet a lot of those older people. The older people at City Chapel, they're dreaming about stuff in the next generation. They're dreaming about stuff they're not even going to live to see. They're, they're tithing and giving and giving offerings towards stuff that they're not even going to live to see built but they, they're bought into the dream that God put in their heart. And so this is Barzillai, man. He says, he says look, it's, it's great. My life has been great. I want my son to go further than me. I want my son to do more than me. I want my son to know more favor than I've had in my life. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to go back home. You take Kim Ham, another really weird name, and uh, you just kind of just, just treat him as if he was me. <laughs> and that's what he does. Uh, in Jeremiah, there's a passage of scripture where, um, which is years, 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 hundreds of years after David. 
hundreds of years. About 400 years later, there's a scripture about a place in Bethlehem called the house or the inn of Kimham. It's just interesting to me. Most scholars believe that Kimham went to Jerusalem with David and that Kimham, when he grew to a certain age, decided that he was going to create like an inn for those traveling from Bethlehem to Jerusalem. And so he created an inn. I think how appropriate the fact that, that his dad, Barzillai, was known for his generosity. And so Kimham says, I'm going to set up a place where that's all I do all day is just be generous to strangers who come and want to stay in the inn. And he creates this inn. And it's a place that was known 400 years later, it was still running. And actually, most scholars believe that about a thousand years after King David, there was another son of David named Joseph who was traveling to Bethlehem with, with Mary, and they stopped off at an inn. And they said, there's no room here, but we do have this, we have this, this shed out back, so to speak, this cave. And the Son of God was born. How fitting that the Son of God would be born off the generosity of someone who took care of people when they were down and out. The Son of God was born at Kim Ham's inn. And that's how God works. God shows up when we meet people in their darkest days. God shows up when we take care of people's needs, when everybody else has abandoned them. God shows up when we house those who don't have a house, when we, when we, when we are generous to those who can never pay us back. God shows up in those places. <laughs> he becomes incarnate in those places. <laughs> and so I'd just like to just offer that salvation today, the salvation of God showing up in your life. It starts with faith. It just starts with simple faith that God is able to show up in your life and that God is able to forgive and that God is able to restore. This is how it starts. So let's close our eyes for just a moment. And, and if you would like to pray with me, just raise your hand and say, I, I, I want to receive Jesus and his forgiveness and his power in my life. And I want him to change me from the inside out. We've been praying with kids all week. Just, if you'd like, that's awesome. We've got some hands up. 